I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Juan Williams, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. A war that many smart people thought was going to last just a short while has, as of today, now been going on for three months. Not only that, but we may be currently seeing some of the most intense fighting of this Russian invasion of Ukraine. Zelensky has to think about increasing the pressure on areas like the Crimea, which is held by Russia, and perhaps striking naval and other military targets around that Crimean base region. This is the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. Ukraine is fighting this war on multiple fronts across the country, and some places are going better than others. It was a tragic loss because Russia hit a Ukraine barracks, and we know we all really feel for that. But big picture, Russia is losing this war. Our guest today is Dr. Rebecca Grant, who joins us again from Iris Research, is one of the nation's top national security analysts. They have made over the last 90 days perhaps the biggest military and strategic blunder ever, certainly Putin's biggest blunder. They've gone from a situation of putting pressure on Ukraine to having that all turn around. NATO has gotten bigger. The Russian economy is cratering. Russia couldn't take Kiev. Then Russia couldn't hold Ukraine's second largest city of Kharkiv. And now they're embroiled in a really hot firefight out in the eastern Donbass. And just Russia has made more mistakes than you could even talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And Russia has been targeting weapon shipments coming from the West. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But let's talk about what has come from the West, specifically the United States. Recently, Congress in a bipartisan measure, overwhelming support here to send $40 billion to Ukraine in aid. And that covers many different things. President Biden, very happy to sign that one. Also, let's talk about where is this $40 billion of our tax money going when we're giving this aid to Ukraine? At $40 billion, it's a lot of money. I get it. But this is the best investment that we can make in American security right now. Let me break down a little bit the numbers for you. You've got about $19 billion going for immediate military support. And that's a combination of weapon systems that we can give Ukraine and also of money so that they can buy other types of weapon systems, such as that old uh, old Russian-style ammunition that they still use in some cases. We also see money going to replenish American stocks of the Javelin missile, got about $9 billion there, to replenish what we've already sent. Another $4 billion for our forces in Europe for all that they're doing. A billion, of course, for the refugees that are in Poland and added up and it was increased by the House, but you've got about $40 billion. And John, I would say this won't be the last aid package. I would expect Ukraine to need at least one, two, maybe even three more packages of this size, plus the help from NATO allies and others to keep this war going. And you say it's an investment there. It's not only for Ukraine, but for NATO, for Western powers. And when you break it down like that, I know $40 billion is a lot of money, but you think like a billion just for the refugees in Poland. 
that's a lot of money, but does it really go that far into helping all those people? So this 40 billion all of a sudden seems kind of small. Let's talk about this Russian current push towards the Black Sea. We know some of the atrocities that have been committed in the port city of Mariupol, but now the fighting is concentrated a lot in Odessa also, which is getting closer to giving Russia that land bridge that reportedly they want to get um, across the edge of the Black Sea there. How's it going in Odessa? What's going on with this naval battle? Putin would love to landlock Ukraine permanently. And he's actually achieved this right now by taking the Mariupol, as we know, and then Odessa. The Russians don't have Odessa. They are uh, trying to move over in that area, but instead there's a kind of a standoff. What's happened is that both Russia and Ukraine have put down naval mines. So in Ukraine's case, that's so that Russia can't bring ships up and do an amphibious landing near Odessa. And remember when Russia lost the cruiser, the Moskva, that was a real wake-up call for Russia's Navy. But at the same time, that means that you can't get grain ships or any other maritime traffic out of Odessa. It's been that way for about the last 90 days. So that's why Britain and others are looking to see if there are other ways to move grain other than using the port of Odessa. And I think a lot of the NATO countries are very concerned. Greece comes to mind with trying to make sure that Odessa is protected. We don't want to see Odessa become another Mariupol that is leveled and someday has to be rebuilt. But right now, nothing is moving out of that key Black Sea port. And that's a big deal, not only for Ukraine, obviously, being invaded by Russia, but for the world, too. You mentioned the grain. Ukraine is one of the top exporters of wheat in the world. And some of these other countries around there, they need that. Or all of a sudden, food insecurity could be a real, real thing here. So there's a lot at stake. It's not just Ukraine and Russia going on for this port. It's many other countries that have a stake in all this. I know you, you're anxious to talk about the weaponry being used here. Let's get into some of the specifics of the weapons being used in the naval battle. I wrote a report that Denmark is sending Ukraine anti-ship harpoon missiles. Do you know anything about those? Yes, this was great news. The harpoon is a very precise uh, missile that goes against Navy ships. So Denmark and any others sending harpoon down means that Ukraine can take on any Russian vessels that maneuver. So if Russia tried to do more amphibious ops, they can take that on. Russia also uses some of its ships to provide air defense in the Black Sea. The harpoon gives them the ability to target that. So the more of the harpoon missile that Ukraine has, the more vulnerable Russia's Navy is. And that's a good thing because eventually Zelensky has to think about increasing the pressure on areas like the Crimea, which is held by Russia, and perhaps striking naval and other military targets around that Crimean base region. So you think that's the next step in this war, is that Ukraine goes on the offensive and tries to retake Crimea? It may come to that at some point, but right now the key focus is for Ukraine to hold out in the fight in the eastern Donbass. You've heard about a town called Severodonetsk. Russian forces are trying to close in there. And you remember the town of Kramatorsk, which is a bigger city. It was hit by that missile strike on the rail station back in April 9th that killed 57 people, including five children. There is a road system that leads up towards Kramatorsk, and this is where most of the fighting is going on in the east right now. It is town by town. It is a massive artillery duel, a daily kinetic fight 
as the Pentagon says, as Russia tries to make slow progress and is taking town after town, they just level the town and then move in. But if they move too fast, Ukraine pushes them back. If Putin can take that eastern area, then he gets more of the Donbass, the Donetsk and Luhansk, what he calls the People's Republics, these fake little countries he set up there. But if Zelensky and Ukraine can hold in the areas east of Kramatorsk, then they have a much better chance of ultimately stopping Russia's offensive and then going on the counteroffensive themselves as they did around Kharkiv and starting to push Russia out of all of Ukraine's territory. And right now, that is Zelensky's goal, to get all the Russian forces out of Ukraine. Three months long, this war has now lasted. And is there any end in sight? We're speaking with Dr. Rebecca Grant today from Iris Research, getting her insight and some of the specifics of what's going on on this war in Ukraine. We'll have more coming up after this break. It sounds like a dream scenario. I mean, this is what we want to do, get Russia out of Ukraine, especially Ukraine wants to do that, too. But do you see it coming together? I mean, far any unforeseen circumstances, but do you see it working right now? We'll know in the next few weeks if Ukraine can slow the Russians down in this area in the east, then that is a great sign that they've got very support to go ahead and win. If Russia takes more territory and moves on towards Kramatorsk, it will be much harder for Zelensky to push all of Russia's forces out of Ukraine. I mean, really much harder for Zelensky to push them out if Kramatorsk falls. We're speaking today with Dr. Rebecca Grant, and she's a national security expert with many different interests, but has been all over this war on Ukraine. Dr. Grant, just want to continue to talk about some of the weaponry here that's being used. We covered the naval battle. What about the air battle? You mentioned something to me earlier before we started recording here about lasers. Are they sighting in missiles with them? Like, what's going on with those? Russia claims that they've deployed a little battlefield laser into Ukraine. But let me tell you, it's it's a real system. They deployed it first back in 2019. But the thing is about the size of a Mack truck, and they claim it can shoot down Ukrainian drones, which are doing such a great job in surveillance and also in attacking Russian armor. But let me tell you, they can only shoot down that drone if it's a beautiful sunny day, no rain or mist or fog, if the drone is really close by, and if the drone is basically holding still. Okay, so here's Russia boasting about having a super-duper laser weapon, but their technology is just not far enough along yet. It's just another sign of how badly we estimated Russia's military capacity. They just don't have those high-tech systems that they were boasting about. And the laser weapon is another example of that. Yeah, it sounds more like propaganda than something that's actually going to work. Dr. Grant, we appreciate your insight and your breadth of knowledge here on this whole war. It's uh, sometimes good to take a step back and look on the grand scheme of things, especially we're three months into it here and hoping for an end sooner rather than later. Thank you, as always, for your time. And thanks for joining us on the Fox News Rundown War in Ukraine podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. 